Hey guys, welcome to the Begging Boardcast, episode number 444. Begging Board 444, I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the Weekend Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list of comic books that we are looking forward to coming out May 26, 2021. Then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week we're actually going to be taking a look at one of my trade paperbacks that I brought to the table in our monthly trade-in policy review. And this is going to be Marvel Comics Excalibur Volume 1, written by Teeny Howard with art by Marcus Toe. Mm-hmm. Marcus Paul. Toe, man. That's a Paul. name I haven't thought about in a long time. His, his name's on the book you just read. <laughs> I know. Didn't realize. It was you know good art you, in the book. What, Paul, you know what you do think about a lot? Drinking beer. Yeah, what does that say about you? <laughs> it says that, you know, maybe I should you you know, do, you, that's not drink as much. Every week on the podcast, that's what it says. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't think about having a shower beer when I first wake up in the morning. But, you know, this... This label says otherwise, and I'm because I'm drinking from Barrel Brothers, the Fresh Rinse Shower Beer, crisp, clean American Lager, 4.2 percent alcohol by volume. So this is in that low, low ABV kind of craze that I've been uh, on the train of. But this is yeah, a nice crisp. I didn't realize it was a lager, but it does have a, a little bit of a multi finish to to the back end. It's not, it's nice. It's just a really crushable beer. Uh, this is the perfect uh, summertime. It's hot right now. It's I think it's 80-something degrees in this room, and I'm suffering because I don't want the AC on blowing in the background. I'm, try- I'm doing it for the sound quality, not because I'm a cheap bastard that doesn't want to pay for the AC yet. <laughs> I know you. I know you, Paul. Uh, I, I, I need to spend that money on beer, and this is beer so- that I had to ship away for, so... So this is a shower beer, and has anyone here ever done a shower beer? Yes. Okay. I, Remember, I, I did it with with you guys. <laughs> what, what? <laughs> what is that improper phrasing? Uh, no, it might have we been because I don't remember. Not, this. When we were down in our when we when I visited you, Chris, that uh, oh, that's when it was vacation. Paul. Paul. vacation, Paul cracks okay. open oh. a shower beer every time. Yeah, like I'm up. You guys aren't. I'm going to start drinking because <laughs> I don't want to be alone with my thoughts ever. <laughs> I, I ate a nutty buddy in the shower once. That was fun. Uh, I haven't. Just how did that not get so soggy? Well, I kept it out of the water. Okay, <laughs> nice. It was in the old apartment when he opened the window during the summer, and he had this nice breeze okay. coming in, and I was like, "Eh, I'm eating. I'm gonna eat this ice cream while I, I oh. take a shower." Oh, okay, the ice cream. I was thinking the Nutty Buddy Bar, Nutter, Nutty Butter from uh, Little Debbie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the peanut butter wafer, chocolate peanut covered butter peanut butter thing, wafer. Yeah. No, no. No, the ice like uh, the ice cream. It's the cone with the ice cream on top, and then it's got the nuts and chocolate. Yeah. Waffle cone, chocolate Drumstick, on the bottom. If you're See, buying it from Nestle, for, I think. Yeah. For yeah. both of those things, though, like the beer or a Nutty Buddy, I feel like I'm not in the shower long enough to actually enjoy a snack or a drink. I'm I'm just all business. I get in there, I do what I need to do, and then I I'm done. I usually try to work out like a little bit of a knot in my back. You know, I got the uh, changing head uh, shower, changing shower head thing, so I can put it on that pulsating one. So sometimes I just, especially during the weekend, will let that kind of 
massage out a little bit of a of a problem I have. And uh, yeah, that's the perfect time to then throw throw uh, throw down a shower beer, or when you're on vacation, man. Just you know, nobody's rushing you. I like to go in there and meditate and just have a ball. I just, <laughs> just have a ball. Just have a ball. I just love being in there. Sometimes I don't I don't want to get out, but I get out because there's no more hot water. <laughs> well, what else do you love besides uh, Nutty Buddies and hot water? Uh, I'm drinking from Jack's Abbey. This is their late spring, early summer seasonal called Sunny Ridge. This is a Czech-style Pilsner, uh, 5.2%. And this is just a beer, just a good fun drinking beer it's got a little bit of that dry your mouth out so you want to take keep taking a sip on it um i think i've had it before it's nothing to write home about uh i had opened up from zero gravity their green state lager and that was a little bit it was maltier than i wanted it to be so Mm. i was like yeah i'll open something else up but i'm gonna drink them both i don't care yeah drink them both chris you have two beers for tonight. What's uh, I have first? two beers for tonight. I am starting off with something that actually my girlfriend picked up when she went to the Salvador Dali Museum in St. Oh. Petersburg, Florida. I love it there. I've been there like three or four times. Nice. Uh, they now sell beer there. Hey! Um, and this is actually That's from surreal. Motorworks Brewing. They're based out of Bradenton, Florida. They also have a brew pub that just opened up in downtown Orlando maybe about two months ago. Uh, but this is Salvador's Wit, and this is a wit salad beer with Temperanillo grapes. Um, when I poured it, it actually it reminded me a lot of opening up a vitamin water, but it's kind of dark okay. in my apartment, so I actually opened up the flashlight app on my phone to shine the light through this to see it. And this is very purple. Um, it reminds like vitamin water or Kool-Aid type color to this beer. Mm. I'm not a big fan of the nose of it, but it's definitely a nice wit. And then you get a little bit of that dryness from the Spanish grapes. Uh, and Motorworks says on the back of this, introducing Salvador's wit, a surreally purple uh, wit beer brewed with Spanish Tempranillo grapes inspired by iconic Spanish artist Salvador Dali. This brew is packed with personality and offers a new perspective on reality. And each one of the cans has a different piece of artwork from Dali on it. Uh, comes in a four pack and the one that i have is the discovery of america by christopher columbus and on the back of the can it also says that if you have the dolly museum app they have an augmented reality setting on the app and then you can actually scan the front of the can and it will bring the painting to life it's kind of hard to see because yeah it's really dark Really dark in the background, no, but um, this is really good. I've had one other beer from Motorworks Brewing when I was at Disney Springs one day, and I didn't even realize who it was made by. I was like, oh, this is the place that just opened up. Uh, definitely somewhere I want to check out eventually, um, just to get a better feel for stuff. Did Yanni enjoy the museum? Yes. yes oh, they good. actually have a, a Vincent Van Gogh exhibit there currently but it's also like a van gogh brought to life thing where you can walk into lit up oh, rooms right. and there's like moving paintings and things like that it's really like cool. walks you through his life i'll enjoy talking to her about that when i come down and visit you you can in a month a month yeah about a month no it's like uh three weeks two weeks three weeks two weeks three, three weeks? Th- three weeks we'll say three oh, two weeks, weeks. Three weeks. Two weeks. i don't know but man 
That's something we're looking forward to, but you know what we need to do first? Look into Going the news, into the news garden. garden. Oh, guys, so many. We, we got some, some news that uh, produced uh, on the news garden. Let's go over to the trailer tree and see if there's any new trailers <laughs> ready to go. John, was there a new trailer on the trailer tree? Johnny either froze or just hates me so much that he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> uh, did we talk about a trailer? Yeah. S- S- Snake Eyes? Did you guys watch it? No. I I did. Oh. I watched it during the pre-show. Oh, you didn't tell us. I didn't I, watch it. Yeah, I did. I just mentioned I said, it. Hey. I said, oh. oh, I'll watch it now. I'm watching it now. Well, you guys can talk about it and try to broke me into watching it because i did not care for the first gi joe movie i don't even remember seeing the second one because i didn't even remember that it came out the rocks in it he plays roadblock but he doesn't speak in rhyme oh Mm. Mm. and and isn't uh bruce willis like he's the original gi joe gi joe yeah he's he's joe i'm guessing or is he... He might uh, be called Joe. I don't or know. Is he I don't gestu- remember. I think he's gestural intestine, right? <laughs> oh, okay, so yeah. There's a trailer for Snake Eyes. Uh, it was, you know, a kung fu trailer. There was a fun part with the person in a motorcycle driving up and then joining into a fight that was happening on two top, tops of two buses. Looks fun. I, I, it's a movie, though, so you know I'm probably not going to watch it. It's supposed to be like I think it's supposed to be like the origin story of Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow. I didn't watch yep. the trailer, so I don't know what for four hundred years uh, uh, our ninjas have protected the world. Mm. That was one of the lines in it. Yeah, and, and, and now they they're looking for warriors. GI Joes. No, I think it was a cl- the clan, whatever clan from Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow uh, are from. Mm. Yeah. I don't remember. I. Don't remember anything from G.I. Joe. Sorry. I know lots about G.I. Joe. I was always a bigger He-Man fan, actually. Oh. Mm. There's some announcements. Speaking Uh, of uh, another 80s cartoon, uh, Kevin Smith shared some stills from his upcoming He-Man Masters of the Universe remastered retaliation. uh, Revelations. Revelations. Uh, Which look good uh not only do they have really good character design and it looks good but the all-star cast of voices that are going to be accompanying these characters also we're taking a trip down to the casting patch (laughs) (laughs) Uh. i mean you're really trying to get kicked off the show right I thought we agreed this is like, like three episodes like, ago we were doing it. Yeah. 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 You're just, I mean, we keep letting you back on thinking <laughs> that you you might not do this, but you just keep doing it. Well, if we got a news garden, we should, like, lean into it. Like, I thought the trailer tree was pretty we did. We did lean into the news garden because it was a stupid thing that you said one time and then we just kept it going. Oh, so it's not that you like it. You just like the fact that it's something stupid I said, and you like leaning into it. Yeah, and that's why we like yeah. it. <laughs> we made it. A, we made it a thing because we said Paul said this crazy <laughs> thing that was out of out of left field. I'll have Let's you, go with it. I'll have you remember. I always used to start the show off by saying "Hi, everybody," or "Hi, everyone," and then 
one time you said, hey, guys. And I was like, okay, well, now we say, hey, guys. <laughs> yep. So getting back to the casting patch. <laughs> Who's casting the show? Uh, I actually, I have it open. So we have Chris Wood oh. as He-Man. I don't recognize his name, but he played Mon-El on the CW Supergirl show. Okay. Uh, Diedrich Bader as Trapjaw. Kevin Conroy as Merman. Liam Cunningham as Man-at-Arms. And if you don't recognize his name, he was Sir Davos Seaworth on Game of Thrones. Who's, I never finished that show, but he was one of my favorite characters. So. He's what, I was that, just going to say, he's... What, he's He's one of the best characters, and I wish he had a he's better. Yeah, he had a really good story arc. I wish he had a better, just like the finale of that show. Anyways, I wish he had a better finale. Uh, then we have Susan Eisenberg as Sorceress, and if you recognize her name, it's because she plays Wonder Woman pretty much all of the DC animated shows and features. Uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar as Tila, Mark Hamill as Skeletor, Lena Headley also from Game of Thrones as Eva Lynn. Uh, and then moving down the list, uh, Phil Lamar, Justin Long, Jason Mewes, Alan Oppenheimer, Griffin Newman, Kevin Michael Richardson, and Henry Rollins, and Stephen Root. Alicia Silverstone, Kevin Smith's daughter, Harley Quinn Smith, and other people as many of the villains and heroes from the Masters of the Universe series. Uh, this, I mean, based off the screenshots and the voice cast, seems like it'll be well done. I didn't know what to expect from the art style because I thought it was going to be kind of more like the She-Ra Netflix series where it was definitely mm. a little bit more geared towards younger kids. Uh, but this definitely seems like one of those shows where it's like, no, if you liked Masters of the Universe growing up and you're in your late 30s now, hey, Kevin Smith made a Masters of the Universe show for you. No, it looks good. It looks like... Um, <clears throat> What was that trade that we read from DC? Um, the He-Man one. Jim um, Lee did the covers because Jim yeah, Lee was doing what was it the Mark, covers, right? Was it Mark Wade who wrote it? I forget who wrote it. Loeb? I, was it Loeb? I vaguely remember it. I remember not hating it. Like it was pretty decent. I no, it was a fun. It was a fun yeah. book. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, think most art- of the comic book like relaunches they've done of stuff like that, Thundercats, uh, have been pretty solid. Uh, they just don't keep them around very long because it's kind of like flash in the pan. Like, hey, remember this? Like it now. Yeah. Uh, but, Talking. yeah, the, the art looks good. It was fun. Talking about, hey, remember this? Like it now. Uh, Batman, the animated series... It's coming back, you guys, from HBO Max and Cartoon Network, and it's going to be called Batman Cape Crusader. This is being uh, produced by three producers, Bruce Tim from Batman the Animated Series uh, fame, along with J.J. Abrams and the Batman's Matt Reeves. Uh, and there will be telling, uh, the series will be a thrilling, cinematic, and evocative of Batman's noir roots while diving deeper into the psychology of these iconic characters. At least that's what the joint statement from the third producer said. Um, yeah, this is going to go back to Batman long, long ear cowl, like 1940s kind of uh, look. So, at least from the promo art. And this is, you said Matt Reeves? Yep. Who's, who's the director of the new Batman movie that's going to be coming out next year? Yep, the Batman's Matt Reeves. Yeah. 
Yeah, this definitely has some pedigree to it. I mean, just Bruce Timm, who worked so well on all the other Batman shows and Justice League and Superman Adventures. J.J. Abrams, I mean, love it or hate it, Lost is definitely a big touchstone in, like, appointment TV viewing. Like, that show put butts on couches, you know? And I haven't watched it, but, John, you had really good things to say about... uh, did you watch the Cloverfield one? I watched the yeah. He did the original Cloverfield. I actually never saw it. Uh, he also did the Let Me In, the remake of the uh, Norwegian vampire with the little girl. We watched mm. both of those for the podcast. Star Trek, then, Star Wars. I mean, he's definitely a well-known <clears throat> filmmaker. Yeah, he did the Dawn of the Planet of the Apes uh, and War of the Planet of the Apes, which. I think everybody will say are probably the two better ones. I, I, oh, or, I think you got – wait. John, you're talking about Matt Reeves. Yes. I'm okay. talking about J.J. Abrams. Chris, you're talking about J.J. Abrams. Okay. Yeah. But they did okay. do – but they both did Cloverfield together. Okay. Ah. Okay. I think J.J. Uh, Abrams produced it and he directed it. Hmm. There we go. So we're going to get Batman. Long-eared, long-pointed-eared Batman. Is this a limited series? Do not know. Okay. Uh, It's... There is no... It's on HBO Go. Or it's going to be on the... uh, Yeah, the HBO Max uh, downloadable service. So I think uh, it'll get as many as they want to try to get uh, people to subscribe to that service, which is now going to be owned no longer by (laughs) AT&T. But by Discovery. Really? That's right. The people that brought you great shows like Honey Baby or Honey Boo Boo and, uh, well, Mythbusters. That was a great show. Mythbusters is really good. But interesting. Okay. Yeah, uh, AT&T is spinning off uh, their whole entertainment division, including HBO, Warner Brothers, all that, and they're selling it over to... Uh, Discovery for less than the money they bought it for, so apparently they spent way too much money on mailing out I think it was, CDs. I think it was eighty five billion dollars they bought. AT&T bought it for. I'm, I'm forgetting. It, it was eight point five billion, or was it eighty five billion? I don't know where the decimal was. Eight point five sounds more realistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably eight point five. It wasn't too long ago. We're all just watching Paul type on the computer. Yeah, I'm sorry. It doesn't matter. I won't find it. It doesn't matter. You know what does matter? The comic books that we're looking forward to coming out next week, March 26th, 2021. And are any of these books going to be making your list for stuff to look for the May look back? Uh, um, Unless we want to do a number two, which we have done in the past, because I'm looking for forward to Robin number two. Um, we read it last month for the for the look back, uh, and I enjoyed it enough to want to pick up uh, issue two. And um, we had Damien die at the end of um, Robin number one, and uh, obviously it's a series, so he's back, baby! He's back, baby! And uh, let's see what he's learned about these deadly rules of the Lazarus Island and um, and see what Joshua Williamson in Gleb McNichnovich can do with Get this Gel Melkinoff. 
Mel- yeah, that's, <laughs> that's that's what I said. I said Gleb Nekromovich. And, uh, yeah, let's see what he can do. Because I enjoyed, I enjoyed the book. Uh, I'm also looking forward to a book we've read previously on the monthly lookbacks. And it's actually going to be Teenage Mutant Turtles, The Last Ronin, number three, written by Ninja Turtle creators Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, art by Ben Bishop. But this is the continuing story of Michelangelo seeking vengeance for his fallen brothers. Uh, I really dig this world. I dig this comic book. Yeah, it's a little bit more of a premium where the issues are $9 each, but they are you know, somewhat oversized issues at like 30 pages. I haven't bought any other Ninja Turtle books outside the original collection uh, when that was put out in an omnibus just because I wanted to see where the turtles came from having grown up with them. But I don't know if I will buy any other Ninja Turtle books because I don't think anything else can top what they're doing in this book. It just it hits just that right nostalgia nerve. Uh, yeah, I would agree. I mean, we've I think we'll we'll read this for the the look back because we've read one and two for a look back. So why not finish the series? And um, it does. It hits those it hits those things very well. Those things I grew up with. And I'm watching Ninja Turtles with my son now because my my son loves Ninja Turtles. And I'm watching the um, 2012 series that has like, uh, um, oh, what's uh, Samwise Gamgee? Uh, I can't think Sean of his Astin. name. Sean Astin is Raphael. Um, Jason Biggs is Leonardo, but is replaced by um, oh man, the the red, pie, the redheaded, the redheaded guy from uh, Austin Powers. Seth Green. guy, Seth Green. Thank you. I'm you, Chris. You're you're me now. You're <laughs> naming actors, uh, and then the um, the voice of uh, Pinky from Pinky and the Brain is Donatello, uh, which uh, is weird because he was that's Rob Paulson. He was Raphael in the original digital yeah. show. Um, yeah. So it's it's a really good it's a really good show. I I like it a lot. And when he's like, I don't want to watch this anymore, I'm I'm always mad at my child that he doesn't <laughs> want to keep watching this. And when my wife puts it on, when I'm not there, I'm like, I've missed parts of the story. What have you done? <laughs> what have you done? But, yeah, Ninja Turtles, great. Who knew? Paul, <laughs> what, uh, what are oh. you picking this week? Well, I'm picking a nostalgia pick, and that's going to be Stargirl Spring Break special number one. Uh, this is Stargirl getting her own book. It's uh, probably just a, it's going to be a one shot. It's forty eight pages. It's six dollars, so this better be good. But Stargirl teaming up with uh, her stepfather Pat Duggan and uh, the Seven Soldiers of Victory. Haven't seen them since that miniseries that was done by uh, Grant Morrison back in the day. And I don't know. I'm, I'm just here for it. I'm seeing what they're doing. Uh, this might be more of a tie into the television series that's been going on and got picked up for another season over at CW. And also, I guess, streaming on HBO Go, but it's also streaming on the CW app. I've only seen the first episode of it. It wasn't bad, but Kate and I tried watching it right after WandaVision finished up, and we're like, ooh, this just doesn't feel... 
of the time, you know, it's just feels like from 10 years ago. It, it's super, it feels a like Smallville more than feeling of like comic books stories being told now. Uh, I didn't dislike it. It just, you know, it, it do not watch it right after watching WandaVision. That's all I'm saying. Hmm. It will go into it watching, hoping for a more, you know, the, that like old school comic book television show. Talking about Stargirl. Oh, the did you did you yeah. watch it, Paul? I watched the first episode, but unfortunately, I watched it that Friday after WandaVision stopped. And Kate and I were Kate was like, "Ooh, it just feels like like it should have been on ten years ago." And not it's on just now. like that CW ness to it. Yeah, the it's, CW enough. Yeah, it's yeah, it's and uh, it's unfortunate, but it is. Good, it's not bad. Though. It's it's. I enjoyed it. Like, yeah. but again, like, yeah, you're. I mean, you're talking about the Marvel <laughs> Disney yeah. Plus shows that are like the top of the comic book echelon, and then you go to something that's like, hey, Man. we're only going to spend this much money on a TV show about a character that nobody cares about but Paul McGowan. <laughs> and th- she teams up with all the other characters that Paul McGowan cares about, which is, you know, the Justice Society of America. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, uh, from what you see of those characters and, and how the those fan-favorite JSA characters pop up in the show... It's definitely a show made for for you, Paul. But yeah, cool. it's you know it's C it's C plus material if you're coming from Wandavision, which would be yeah. A I think it would if I watched Hawk or um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, aka Captain America and Winter Soldier, and then went into that, I would be like, okay, that's this is just a budget thing. But you know, it, it was also story wise, being like, oh, this feels very you know CW story. <laughs> Yeah, it, it TV. <laughs> yeah. It's not bad. I don't want to say it was bad. It was just like it was too. It was a bridge too far at that point. I think now I could probably go to yeah. it and watch it the next I time. Go turn on a light just so I'm not a ghost in the room. Yeah, it's getting really dark in your room. So. I had the windows open and the sun. Oh, well, so. while you're turning your lights on, why don't we uh, get to our next beers? Or if you guys want to wait. So my next beer is actually a cider, and I picked this up yesterday when we got takeout from BJ's Brew House, which is, it's a chain. They're brew pubs. They do just kind of like your regular pub food, burgers, sandwiches, flatbreads, things like that. But each location does have a little, like, couple tank brewery inside of it. I don't know what they brew at the location close to me. I know not everything that they serve on tap is brewed right there, but they do brew their own beers. Um, but this cider is actually something that's canned by the American Heights Hard Cider Company, excuse me, uh, and this is their Berry Burst Cider, 3% ABV, and it's a delightful raspberry apple cider that's just fantastic. It's so easy to drink. Like This is definitely crushable. Uh, we picked up a six-pack of this just to have with dinner yesterday, and it's going to be really hard to not just down the rest of this while we're uh, heading into the main topic. I mean, I do have a second one that I will be opening up later on. Um, but it's just delightful. It's just delicious. Uh, yeah, that's not... I'm 
I'm having from Community Beer Works that Ooh. strawberry IPA. So this is their normal session IPA called that IPA that has been fermented on strawberries. That IPA is a nice drinking IPA. This is a nice drinking IPA with this nice subtle hint of strawberries. I'm okay with the amount of strawberry that's on this. A lot of times when it says like, oh, strawberry jelly donut beer, Mm -hmm. I want that strawberry like turned up to 11, not at like a four. This is like a three, but it's a hint enough that it's like, yeah, this is an IPA that's been fermented on strawberries, blah, blah, blah. You know, like I was expecting this to be a bigger strawberry pop, but I'm okay with the amount of strawberry I get here. Because I like the brewery's not known for going like head over heels crazy, punchy in the face, super sugary, oversaturated, mm-hmm. chemical, syrupy flavors. So the fact that they, it's fermented on strawberries, you get that the nose is probably better strawberry than the taste. But it's everything about this is good, not great. It's also twelve ninety nine for a four pack tall boy, Ooh. so it's not okay. It's not like you're paying like big prices. You know, you're not paying seventeen ninety nine for this. Uh, twelve ninety nine, I think, is the perfect price for a four pack, and it's good. I like it. I'm almost done with it. I, I want to try that out. Talking, to, you know, with how you described it, because now that I know it's not going to walk me in the face with strawberries, if I bought it thinking that it was going to, I would be disappointed in it. Now paying $13 for the Tallboy 4-pack and knowing that it's just going to be a hint of strawberry, I'm like, cool. It's like straw being strawberry blonde and not a redhead. Yeah. You know, uh, like, Paul, yeah. this would be good for a disc, a disc golf beer. Like, yeah. it's a little, it's it's refreshing. It's an IPA. It's good. Does it hit with a little tartness of strawberry, or what's the strawberry taste profile that you're it, getting? Is it a sweetness that it's bringing? It's a little tartness? bit it's a little bit of a sweet strawberry but it's like more of just strawberry flavor than like sweet or tart. Like okay. it's just like, yeah, strawberry. It's there. Strawberry. I get it. Nice. You know what's even better to get? A dramatic reading from the Bagden Boardcast. Paul, you didn't have a beer? Oh, I forgot about mine. <laughs> <laughs> It, it, that's that's kind of the review itself. No, this is uh, also from Barrel Brothers. This is their Crushables. And yeah, that's right. The can is playing off of Lunchables. This is their lunchtime lager. So of course I'm drinking it after the shower beer. Uh, no, this is a, another light crisp Crushable lager. And 4.2%. This, like, I feel like I forgot that I changed beers. Like, that's... Like it's, I think it's a little lighter. It doesn't have a, as much of a malt aftertaste. It's a little bit more crisper and cleaner on the back end. But other than that, it's kind of the same. I, I you know, I don't know what uh, how else to put it. It's these are very nice, easy drinking beers. But if you gave me one or the other and told me to do a blind taste test, I couldn't point out which one was which. But it's a fun label. Look at that. Yeah, it looks like. The Lunchables logo, but instead of having like your like crackers and uh, processed meats, it looks like some malts, some hops, 
malts and hops, and then crushed beer cans. Hmm. Yeah, 4.2%, so easy going. So I could definitely go for a third beer after this. Uh, but I think I'm all out of beers that I have not reviewed. So probably Ooh. 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 I just opened my third beer and Ooh, this is pretty good. But guys, and now a dramatic reading from the Bagden Podcast. <laughs> Excalibur, volume one, page ninety-three, panel three. Eh, not for lack of trying, eh? Eh, even when you can't listen, you're still the only one I want to talk to. And that was Excalibur, volume one, page ninety-three, panel three. I made the mistake of Thank looking you. at the panel before, but not actually like looking at it. And I was like, oh, okay. What I made the mistake is I was like, they did that stupid joke about Apocalypse's new name so often. I thought by it had to happen that if you guys picked at random <laughs> the page and number, Chris would then have to pronounce that stupid A symbol. <laughs> that Apocalypse was going by. And we picked that panel, and I'm like, eh, a Gambit impression is just as good. Because <laughs> I knew I was going to have to do Gambit, but I didn't actually look at the panel before that. But guys, that'll head us into our main topic. Like we said up at the front, this is our monthly trading policy. This is a book that I brought to the table. And this is spinning out of the House of X, Power of X, X-Men relaunch that we had over a year ago now. Maybe. Sorry, Chris. It's House of X, Power of Ten. It's X. It's I, all I, X. I'm not. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm never I'm, calling I'm, Wolverine Weapon I'm Ten. Not, it's it's Weapon X. He, well, yeah, he's Weapon X. They have actually said that was Power of Ten. I don't know why. It's but that's. A th- I'm not making a joke. I'm not just being Paul here. It's Marvel. The executives are going to get upset with us. No. But if you want, Jonathan Hickman, the executives are listening. Jonathan Hickman can feel however he wants to feel about it. It's power of X. Okay. I just wanted to say <laughs> well, Okay, well, our I guess I'm it's wrong. Cameras. Our book today is X E10 no, no, no. Caliber. No, this no, E10 Caliber. E10 power Caliber. <laughs> Prove me wrong. I'm not making the rules. Don't make me the bad guy. But this is uh volume 1 uh read by Tini Howard art by Marcus Toe. And this is kind of setting the stage for the more magic side of Marvel's mutant verse. Um, where we're still in kind of the infancy of the Krakoa stuff. And we have more characters being welcomed to the island through the various gates that mutants can take to go to their new homeland. And it just so happens that we're now seeing Betsy Braddock, not the mind-swapped Asian assassin ninja one, but this is the actual twin sister of Captain Britain, Brian Braddock, uh, with the purple hair. She was known as, like, Revanche, Revanche, during the 1990s. Um, apparently she doesn't like being called Psylocke because she feels that's not her. She's She's Betsy. Uh, being welcomed to the island and then having to step into a role that she's not prepared for uh, to defend the world against a magical onslaught from Morgan Le Fay and her druids. 
if this sounds weird, yes, it is. I got big time, uh, amazing X-Men vibes from this. It really reminded me of like that Jason Aaron, like, Hey, we have an X-Men book. We're going to have fun with it. Like it's going to just be kind of weird that I was kind of wanting from reading the Marauders book where it was Kitty pride leading a band of pirates uh, but it didn't capture that tone. This has that a little bit more, and it's not over-the-top wacky, but it's still kind of lighthearted in its seriousness. And I think it kind of works to this book's advantage, because I, I really enjoyed it a, a lot more than I thought I was going to, even though it was it's a team of X-Men characters that I love, and many of them I consider to be my favorite X-Men, like Psylocke, Jubilee, Gambit, Rogue. And then we also have Apocalypse, or however you say his name now, because it's always done as like a stylized A. Uh, and then Richter. Yeah, this team seemed like one of the teams that I would force upon us. Like, okay, out of these this group, you have to pick one. You know, it, it, it seems like such a mashup. And now that we're on Krakoa... And all the villains can't be villains, but there are villains, but, but they can't be villains. But they're not, but they are. Yeah, it, it seems like th- that's what this book was playing with. What? Uh, you know, just for the team, you know, mashup. So Apocalypse or... I'm, that's how I'm going to pronounce it. That's because of that. I'm going to say, hey. Uh, yeah. Hey. Uh, it's, uh wants uh wants to be called uh it just seemed weird that he would be kind of like the leader or the bringer together of the team but it's because he has his own machinations going yeah. on and he's he's the villain he's a villain but he's antagonist villain like it's not mustache twirling like uber x-men villain like we've seen previously and i think that's kind of one of the things that they're going in route where it's like, no, this is a safe haven for all mutants. Everyone's welcome. Just, you gotta he's abide by the rules. He's a dungeon master villain. Yeah. He's pulling the strings. He's leading the team where he wants the team to be for his own purposes. Not for... Not really for the good of the team. Is that a good way to put yeah, it? Yeah, I, I would agree. John, what did what did he think about the team's makeup? I, I guess we're kind of in, in that realm right now. I, on paper... The team, I like. I like everybody, all the components adding up. I like that Apocalypse is on there. I'm sorry, Chris, but I did not love this book. John, I was trying to stretch out all the good points first. (laughs) (laughs) And on paper, everything about this book should be great. And all the, the moments that I want to be like... When they attack, uh, when they attack the castle the first time, and it's like, okay, here we go. It's gonna go. It's gonna be awesome. And it's like they start attacking, and then they retreat right away. And it's like, well, that's the thing that I wanted. And every every little bit in between all the moments that I was like, hey, this is gonna be cool, were boring, and all the cool moments were really short. And 
like Gambit was really I Gambit was really whiny through the whole thing. Like he wasn't Gambit. It just I just I I had a well, I, I had a hard I had a hard time reading this book. It took me all day to read this I can, book. I can see, but Gambit's not Gambit because Rogue's basically been sidelined. Yeah, but it's the same. It's like there's there's things that didn't have to happen. Jubilee going like, uh, I I left my baby. I shouldn't have left my baby. I'm going to go get my baby. Like, just why didn't you just write him to have the baby to begin with? Why did you have to have her? There's just stupid dialogue that didn't need to be there. There's just lots of moments. I don't. I'm getting really heated, and I don't know why. That's no, okay. But this book did it to me, where I, I just I, was. I couldn't wait for it to end, and it just kept going. And like halfway mark, I thumbed through to see how many pages I have left, and I was like, "Oh man, I'm only halfway through this." And I, I, I. There's so many moments in this book that I liked, and I wanted to be better. Everything. Even, like, when Rogue was in the, the fantasy realm, it just was, like, it was too it was too long, and there was too much dialogue. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't... Yeah, because it's Rogue talking to herself, basically, because the Firefox isn't really talking. So it's like, okay, what's, what's really going on here? And we're kind of left to question it, I guess. I I thought the uh, best part of the book was Apocalypse. I liked Apocalypse in this. Even like when he comes back and he's like with his little cane <laughs> and he's like uh, 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 engine along. I don't I didn't makes... I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. I just didn't care. I didn't care. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Chris. I feel that, that's okay. I'm not I'm not slated at all. Like that's fine. Like it's a very different X-Men book, but we're also in a very different X-Men time. My big thing from this is, okay, apparently Jubilee's found child Shogo still a thing, and he's also still a baby. And that series that we read originally came out in, like, 2014, I think? I'm going right. to double-check that quick. Well, even I would have thought that, that they would have... Even before, like, the House of X stuff, when they did the X-Men Red and the X-Men Blue, or X-Men Gold, X-Men Blue, that was the big, mm-hmm. like, relaunching point. He that's was, where Egg comes from. He was still he was still a baby then, you know? I don't think the kid's ever going to grow up. Yeah, they... Well, they, they turn weird. him into a dragon in this one, so dragon. that's something. And I'm like, wait... When I saw the big dragon, I'm like, when did Shadow Cat's dragon get here? Why is he huge? And then they're like, oh, it's Shogo. And I'm like, but why? Because fairies love it's babies. Like, oh, because. Because fairies love baby kids. Uh, yeah. It, it, I don't know. It, it felt like a weird... I, I don't know enough about the original Excalibur and how it played with the original... Arthurian legend kind of stuff where I where it's not enough X-Men for me and it wasn't enough Fantasy? Arthurian legend for me either like it just wasn't hitting 
And I, I, I think I was in the wrong headspace because I was trying to read this pretty quickly thinking, oh, I'll sit down and I'll read this starting at 6.30 and it'll be fine. And then I finish up the book as, you know, we're all jumping online together. Um, that's don't, on me. Don't lie, Paul. You had 40 pages to go when I jumped on. Yeah, and I <laughs> started skimming and reading, read skim, and I finished the book. I did it. <laughs> but, you know, it ends with uh, the whole, like, my champion versus your champion, which is very Arthurian legend. Like, that's a big thing. And also Celtic lore, so... But even uh, then, that battle, I thought, should have been... It should have been a better battle between the mm-hmm. two of them. And then all of a sudden, uh, Jamie, uh, Jamie Braddock, the third and th- sibling, shows up. That was one of the things, and- too, like John said. I never really read Excalibur growing mm-hmm. up. It was one of those books that, if it was in one of those shrink-wrapped packs, where it's like, oh, $5 yeah. gets you 10 comic books, I would read Excalibur then. So my knowledge of a lot of that story and some of these characters like Megan is limited mm-hmm. to just trading cards more than anything else. So like, yeah, I didn't have a lot going into this book besides the fact that, Oh, this is an X-Men team. That is a lot of characters that I like. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to pick this up. And also it's an interesting time to, be reading X-Men. Again, this came out like a year and a half ago, but it, a line-wide relaunch is always a good jumping on point, and I like the fact that they're focusing on different families and aspects of the X-Universe. and mm-hmm. Not just the Summer Brothers? Yeah. But also, I mean, speaking of brothers, I didn't even know that there was another Braddock sibling <laughs> named Jamie, yeah. and apparently nobody likes him, even his brother and sister. Like, but also, he seems like he just so wants to mess things up. He's got this loom power where he can bring back the brother from the dead. But why didn't they just go to him? Couldn't he have used his loom power to have him unmagicked from Morgan Le Fay? No. I, I, I don't know. Because I, the I know witch breed this. powers. Because the, the witch breed powers couldn't undo real witch powers. I don't know. And there's I, a white witch, and we never get to see the white witch. No, Who's all the this she's at, she's at a battle, and then they start taking the castle. They turn around and then have that big battle, and then the white witch is isn't a thing anymore. It was just like the whole all of a sudden in the middle of the book, uh, and I like Psylocke becoming Captain Britain. I think is cool. really cool. I think her having the psychic shield, the psychic sword, all really cool, and then having like Jubilee. I love that she had to go see the queen. <laughs> see, that's the thing that I hated in the middle. All of I a sudden, that. the book stops. She's got to go see the queen. And she's like, I signed some papers. Everybody's uh, here, blah, blah, blah. And then she goes and has that sit down with the, the those bad druids, which took forever for no reason. Like, you could have cut all of that out. It didn't need to be there. Nothing happened with that. It was just like, let's stop the story. Because, like... When when they go into Avalon, it's like, oh, shit, the baby, the baby turned into a dragon. And it's like, it could have been just like them there, sword and sorcery kind of stuff going on with Gambit and all of that. It would have been so cool. 
it just it had like it had all the makings of being really really great because it had all these great ideas that I don't know if it got bogged down by trying to have that Excaliburness from the '90s, going into seeing the Queen, the um, the dude from Excal- Mi13, Mi13 showing up, and just basically being there for that Queen stuff, and then all of a sudden disappearing and not being that's, relevant at all. That's a character whose name I recognize, but I don't know if I've ever actually read anything with him in it. It's like. I'm assuming for someone that was a cool moment, though. But I, I like this book. I'll probably pick up volume number two at some point when it's not like twelve dollars. But I don't know. I generally liked it, and I think a big part of that too, though, is the Marcus Toe artwork because, again, Paul, like he said, his isn't a name that we've mentioned in a while because we haven't been picking up anything that he's been doing, but. His artwork still just as crisp and clean as whatever. It's the shower beer <laughs> of comic book artwork. Um, the, the art in the book is beautiful. It's great. I don't have an affinity for these. Like when he was doing Batgirl, and in the Bat Family of books, like I really loved his art. I thought it was great because I could <laughs> tell. Oh, these are these age characters. I don't have an affinity for all these characters. So there was a moment. I'm being nitpicky, and I'm sorry. Where Richter was suddenly, the, we see him like in his street clothes, and he's talking to Apocalypse. The next time we see him, we're in uniform. He's in uniform, and he's just walking around, and everything's happy, go lucky, and everything's fine. Until they said it was Richter, I had no idea who he was. Even when he's like trying to step out the door, and like there's the earthquakes. No, no, okay. I knew who Richter mean, was mean, then. Okay, it's I like gotcha. when he shows up in uniform and is talking to. They're like walking someplace, and it's like, oh no, about me and Akash. oh, I, I had a great a com- uh, conversation, conversation with, with Apocalypse. Ah. <laughs> you know, uh, it was great, and uh, that's why the Earth isn't shaking anymore. I'm like, oh, that's Richter. I'm like, who's this new character? Who's this guy? <laughs> this is yeah, he's talking like, to Jubilee. Oh, Jubilee. So you know, there was that. I don't think they he. I don't know. I, I, it might have just been me trying to read it quickly that I didn't get that him looking the same there. Because he doesn't uh, look the same. He got a haircut and he's okay, in a, and he's in uniform. Okay, good. So he got a haircut too. So that's threw me off. You know, <laughs> people don't recognize me anymore either. Um, mm, I still so recognize it, so I, you. So I guess Marcus Stowe isn't to blame there. It was the haircut. The haircut. But no, but no, it's fun. I think he plays with like those giant mythological creatures he did a great job on those and you know he's the, that, dru- one- he's the druid of uh, the team so going through there is a moment where you have richter back in his costume and he has his haircut and apocalypse does make mention of him being master of earth and the master thief so i think at that point later on like when you do go through well the, it was before that okay. that's when i was thrown off it's when and it was at- through it's when he's in yeah. buckingham palace chris gotcha okay I'm and they're like, oh, yeah, we had to go see the queen, and then he's suddenly there. And it's like... Page page 95. Thank you. It was like, until they mentioned he was Richter, I didn't know it was Richter. Yeah, because the, the book... But it happens quick. The The previous issue ends with the, the MI13 guy coming in and being like, I need to take you to the queen. And then all of a sudden, he's walking down a hall with Jubilee in an X-Men costume going... Oh, I'm so glad to be here. 
uh, Apocalypse is my best friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my, you know, just as a nitpick from the art. But then again, he has a haircut. He's in a costume. What else could he do? You know, he, 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 comic book characters, they're based on hair, hair color, haircut, and costume. Like, yeah. other than that, what can you do? And beers are based off of hops, malts, and water. So what can you but do there? But something I don't have to nitpick about is my next beer, and this comes from Flying Bison. And this is their Electric Chihuahua. This is their sour ale brewed with lime, guava, and Mexican sea salt. And this is a margarita in a can. Ooh. This is quite delicious. Coming in at 5.5%. It is the same big pop of lime margarita that you get, like, with um, the Masagave? the founder's Masagave, just without that tequila barrel that it, that sour ale has been aged in. This is like the little brother to that, to that beer. Um, this is actually really, really good. It sits on your tongue and almost has like key lime pie aftertaste. Yeah. Like I took a sip and it's just sitting on my tongue and it feels like Mm -hmm. I just took a really nice bite of a good key lime pie. Uh, Again, $12.99 for a four pack tall boy. That's I'm going to have to look out for this. Paul, uh, absolutely worthwhile picking this beer up. Key lime pie is like one of those weird sense memories I have. Like when you talk about key lime pie, I can be like, oh yeah, I kind of feel it on my tongue now. Mm-hmm. Like it's a weird, like you mentioned it. It's like, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I can taste it. Yeah. Uh, oh, I love key, key lime pie. So good. I, key lime pie, one of my, f- it's probably up there is one of my favorite desserts. Second or third favorite pie. I will say that. Mm, wow. Ooh, let's go. Favorite desserts. <laughs> Favorite desserts? I don't know. I brought it up. How about favorite pies? Top three favorite pies. Because I have a dessert. Oh, go for your dessert. Um, Go for your dessert, bud. I'm not a big ice cream person, but if you give me an ice cream sundae served over a nice hot brownie, Mm. there's something about that. I don't even care what the ice cream is. Just it's nice. I have to say, creme brulee is probably one of my favorite desserts. I really like I like making it. I like that I'm I'm decent at making creme brulee. So I like creme brulee. That's probably my favorite. John, only I like the the one that I like. I order it out places, and I'm like, this isn't this isn't good because they don't do the crispy top. Oh, you got like, to get it out. And you got to have like, the you got to break it with yeah. your spoon. That's not yeah, a creme brulee. That's just custard. Yeah. Oh, John, go ahead. I'm I'm a pie guy. I love pie. Like, good. Uh, strawberry rhubarb pie, my mom's, my f- family recipe, eggnog pie, uh, key lime pie, apple pie. I'm a pie boy. Give me, give me pie. I'll take okay. pie over cake any day. I agree. Okay, now here's a, here's a question for a pie lover. Cheesecake, is it pie? No, it's in the name. It's cake. Okay. See, I, I would still put key lime cheesecake. pie is very similar to a cheesecake. What makes that a pie? Yeah, it's called key lime pie. It's in the name. <laughs> okay, okay. Boston cream pie is it a cake? 
Because Boston cream pie, Boston, yeah, Boston cream pie is more cake than pie. Yeah. That's so that's this people who who fucks with you, Paul? People from Boston. <laughs> yeah. All of Massachusetts. All of Massachusetts. State. Yeah. So I'm just saying Boston cream pie is actually cake and cheesecake yeah. is actually pie, and therefore the scales are rebalanced. Yeah. I do love a good cheesecake. Every now and then like, I'm not a again, I'm not a big dessert person, but you get a nice sliver. Every now and then, the hits right. Oh, I'm a big, I'm a big dessert person. The only reason I'd eat dinner is so I have an excuse to eat dessert sometimes. I, I like a nice bread pudding. It's not something oh, I, I get all the time, but I like, do love uh, bread pudding. I like a good pie. But again, like I usually yep. only have pie if it's like a Thanksgiving Ho- situation, holiday, yeah, it's like holidays. It's not something I'm just going to be like, you know what? Let me go get a pie. Oh. You know the gas station pies are great. You know those. I will say, are, like th- those are top sell some every once in a while, ten for a dollar. Those little mini pies. Mm. It's like oh, yeah. even the Hostess, the yeah. Yeah. the Calzone pie that they they sell. <laughs> gas yeah, station yeah. pies aren't bad. They they scratch the itch every now and then. If that's what was, Apocalypse's big move was, was to rule. Over get the throne and to rule over uh, Avalon or other world, in order to serve us all pie, I would be down. But no. What 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 dessert do you like the least? Mm. Marzipan. Mm. Just just Mars just that. <laughs> marzipan. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Yeah. The uh, the non almond but still almond flavored weird fondant. Yeah. Yeah. I hate I hate fondant on a cake. It says into, it yep. fondant should not it be served. Much cake. of it's like too gummy. I get that, mm-hmm. but if it's like thin enough, I don't mind it too much. Um, I don't. I don't know if I have a least favorite dessert because it's just a, I don't know. I'm not. I have nothing to add to that. I'm gonna try to think for a second, John. Anything with nuts in it. You put nuts in a cookie, don't want to eat it. You put nuts in a brownie, don't want to eat it. I hate nuts in my desserts. What What would you put in your dessert that would add crunch? Why do I need crunch? Because you want I'm a having a cho- of textures. I'm having a chocolate chip cookie. I want it to well, be soft and gooey. I'm having a brownie. I want it to be soft and gooey. And I want the edge to have a little bit of crunch because it was baked okay. next to the pan. I'm having a pumpkin cookie. I want a pumpkin cookie with the nice cream cheese frosting on it. I, I'm with raisins? A, no, no raisins. Oh, see, I like my pumpkin cookies with raisins. That's, I, don't, don't like, I don't know how I feel about and that. I like, That's probably my least favorite like dessert. Raisins? <laughs> and, I like, and I like brownies with walnuts. <laughs> never even had it, but now I hate it's my it. least favorite. I hate it. I hate it. I hate nuts in my desserts. I like nuts in my desserts. Because uh, they don't need a, I don't the 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 brownie already gives you that crunch with the edge. There is something strawberry shortcake. There's something so wonderful about the simplicity of it and the balance of all the things. I don't balance. love the angel food cake. Oh, I don't do angel food cake. Who said that's, angel food? That's cake? what a strawberry shortcake is, though. No, it's on a biscuit. Uh, you can you can do biscuit. You can do biscuit. I, I will get. I will give I've you. Only you can had do it the, with biscuit. Who? 
What monster? No, that's that's no. angel food cake with strawberries. No, you on said top. strawberry that's... short. You said strawberry shortcake. Yeah, angel food cake. Biscuit cake? No, it's biscuit. <laughs> it's in the name, <laughs> bud. It's in the name. It's in the name. Yeah, but you strawberry said, shortcake. You said strawberry shortcake. It's a biscuit. And Chris and I both thought angel food cake. What? Yeah. I, uh, is that a thing? No, because when I think angel food cake, I think, oh, yeah, you put some strawberries on it and some whipped cream, and that's angel food cake. But no, strawberry, strawberry shortcake strawberry is... strawberry shortcake, bud. No, that's, that's, with a, that's a biscuit, strawberries, and whipped cream. Yeah, you're having strawberries, whipped cream, and a biscuit. That's no, not that's strawberry shortcake. That's not strawberry shortcake. Okay, well, you guys, it's a let's talk about it, the book it's and a biscuit not have strawberry cake. shortcake. Because it's a shortcake. It's a shortcake. It's short. It's like, you know, short, shortbread. Short, you know. The biscuit's not in the name, bud. You can have it on a biscuit <laughs> from what I'm seeing, but most most cases it's... Oh, even like Google just says shortcake is a sweet cake or biscuit in the American sense. That is crumbly bread that has been leavened with baking powder or baking soda. In the UK, the, yeah. sh- the shortcake refers to a biscuit similar to shortbread. So it depends on where you're from, looks like. You British yeah. son of a bitch. I'm English. I'm not English. I'm Irish. It's in the name that we talked about way too often. Um, history. Anyways. So today's shortcakes okay. are usually of the biscuit or sponge cake variety. Early uh, American recipes call for pie crust in rounds or broken up pieces. Yeah. Mm. See, even none back of, in the day. None of this matters. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to Excalibur, Volume One. Yeah, they signlight a lot of the characters like that we were excited to see for quite a bit. They they, they had Rogue basically in her flower form, which you know I guess they're trying to harken back to the fairy tales and all that with like Sleeping Beauty and uh, Cinderella, and then they and then Gambit's basically his personality signlight because of that, and Jubilee. Is worried mother mode yeah. constantly, so she doesn't even feel like Jubilee. Uh, yeah, I can see Johnny. Why your what your where your point is like Apocalypse is the best character in it because he's the most like the character that you'd expect. And I like that he's, he's actually being Apocalypse. You know? He's and but he's also the dual sides where he's like, I wouldn't lie to you. Like, this isn't about that. It's about something else. Like, he's the guy. He's the character that he's. The doctor. He always has some type of plan that he's putting every, you know, he's putting the adventure. He's continuing the adventure. He's sending them to get that crystal. They have that, they go off, they have that adventure, they have that, they bring that crystal back. When they don't have the juice in the crystal to do it, when he gives his life for Rogue to suck everything out of him, because he's like, yeah, those crystals are mutants from a thousand years, blah, blah, blah. My bones are a thousand years old. Like, take everything I have out of me so you can open up this portal to do that. Mm-hmm. Do it. Because I'm going to come back to life. I don't, you know, it doesn't matter. And I also get sent right to the front of the queue. Like, those are cool moments. That, like, there's so many good moments and there's so many things in this book that should add up to a great book but the book is trying too hard 
where it sidelines, like you said, Paul, it sidelines those characters. I just want to know, because we know that there's a council who decides what mutants to be bringing back, who on the council is like, oh, the shit heel Braddock brother that even they don't want to come back? I, I just don't know who made that decision. Well, the way the way that they're talking, their brother had died a while ago. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So it took a while for him to come back. Like anybody else on the list? Anybody? Duke? And also, like, Did he Duke comes back. Yet? He comes back Duke? and he's just sitting in his... His egg, egg pod. yolk. Yeah. Yeah. For hours where normally it only takes ten minutes. And there's nothing... There's nothing likable about that character. Like, I, I don't know anything about yeah. him. Just like yeah. everyone else. But... Every time I saw him, I thought he was uh, Cosair, you know, the yeah. Scott, the Scott's brother, brother's father. And then he just, like, he just was, like, always a dick. And it just didn't work. It just didn't feel right. And then also, like, why didn't they, like, it would have been more interesting, too, because Captain Britain's wife is Namor's daughter like she's a powerhouse like she can she? be a cool she's got the submariner's powers like she's his daughter like she could be somebody who would be good on this adventure as well to save her husband but again like they just sideline that character and there could have been something cool with the waters of avion like that she would be able to you know it would give her even more powers because everybody got a power boost when they showed up on freaking uh, the other world except for Gambit. <laughs> but like, he buckled he when he got onto that planet he buckled up his trench coat. Oh, that's true. And looked because he then he looked like more like a rogue. Yeah, it, and I cannot understand like what you're seeing, John, when they got to the, the other world. How it would be cool if that was the adventure from then on because he could be the master thief. So you got a thief in the party. You got you a got rogue fighter. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you got the uh, you know the knight or the fighter. You know, with Captain Britain, you, you have a freaking dragon, and then you got Jubilee, who's basically a sorceress or sorcerer wizard with their you know with magic missile. Yeah, because that's basically it, magic, right? Yeah, like yeah, it could have been a. And that's what I when it got to Camelot in the other world. That's what I was kind of like saying. Like it wasn't She's Camelot not enough for daughter. me. She is. I thought she no. was Namor's daughter. No. That's Nemora. Nemora. Nemorita. Isn't that who his daughter? Do- who the wife is? No. No, that's, that's Megan. Megan from Excalibur. She was the change. Oh, I thought the, like she wore the green costume. Oh, I thought that was Namor's daughter. Yeah. I don't care. It, it does not like they explained her, and I don't give a shit. Yeah, but, but again, like, didn't, hey, didn't read correct. the 90s Excalibur. I, like, when they relaunched, what was it, like 2000-something, when they did the Excalibur MI-13 stuff, and they had, like, I have, like, one of their, tr- like, I bought one of Abnett their trades. Abbott and Lanning mm-hmm. did uh, uh, Captain Vernon in MI-13. Yeah. I, I, I have don't the f- know who did Excalibur. I have, I bought that first that first issue or first uh, trade and it's a lot of fun like it's a fun book and it's I, it actually I actually was mad that there wasn't a second volume for me to purchase at the time when I bought it and read it like 
like that stuff was good. I own the first issue. Uh, I think I own the first issue of Excalibur. It's in my long box somewhere, or when they relaunched it at an, as a number one. And like that original team had cool characters. It had Phoenix. It had Nightcrawler, Captain Britain, like Kitty, Kitty Pride. Kitty Pride, like and like they have Kitty Pride show up driving that boat, and then she's yeah, because the Marauders. But at the same time, when she's like, oh, I'm going to swim to shore, like, I'm going to swim to shore, and you guys will be safe to also swim to shore when those sea monsters attack. Like, all of a sudden, when they weren't on the boat anymore and the boat was sailing away, I was like, I thought she swam to shore for the boat to be able to get away. No, Captain Brennan swam ashore. Yeah, yeah she swam her. ashore. And Kitty Pride stayed on the boat and sailed away on yeah. the bo- uh, with the boat. But then Rogue, Gambit, and Jubilee also had to swim to shore. Yeah, once they got close to though. But they still had to swim to shore through no, no, the sea monsters. The sea monsters were there, them. though. They were after Captain Britain. But they were on the same piece of land as her. <laughs> but then they couldn't Did climb they up cl- it because they can't go on land. Maybe Kitty Pride. But Kitty. But they also brought the. Them but they also over to the boat. They, they also brought the body because Rogue was Sleeping Beauty at that time. Yeah, so and they Captain were Britain all did on something that... weird. Let's see, like like lifted them yeah, up and she, over. Right? She lifted the body up and over. Did she lift all of them? Maybe, maybe that's what happened. I don't know. No, we needed is, better. I we needed I, more. I closed it out because I thought we were winding down when we were talking about desserts. <laughs> I really thought so too. And then Paul, Paul, you were there like, "Oh, let's get back to the book." And I'm like, "I already closed this out. <laughs> I am not signing back well, in because we, we were talking about desserts." <laughs> this, I, the I one wanted thing, to close it out on the book. The one thing I, I have to say about this book is, I like I I I wanted it to be better because I liked everything that they were. Everything that they were giving me, I liked and wanted and wanted more of, but they didn't do a good job to give me what I wanted out of this. That's my that's my review. That's fair. I think that if I was a bigger fan of the 90s comics, I might have like really loved this because I would have had a easier time getting in. I really bristled at what they were doing with the Arthurian legend part of it. Like I, I had no bearings going in. Um, and that's surprising coming from a Marvel book, which Marvel is always like, Oh, every issue is your first issue. So, you know, they threw a lot of new stuff at me from being a nineties, nineties kid. So, Oh, Betsy Braddock, she's no longer in her ninja, you know, body. Okay. That's weird. Captain Britain. Don't even know who this guy is. Oh, he gets his powers from an ambulance, which gets explained later. Like, there was a lot of catching up for me to do. And by the time that I got caught up, I was already put out a little bit. So I, I think if I go back and read it again, maybe I'll get more out of it. Because I'll be like, okay, I know who these characters are. I know what they're, you know. And I can kind of let the story unfold. Um, so I'm not willing to, like, just hate this book because I, I think there was a lot of work. I think it was written for somebody else. You know what I mean? 
Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair as well. I think it's a it's somebody. If you're a big fan of the comic books from before, you probably will get more out of it. And I think I'll get more out of it on a second reading if I ever if you pick up the second trade, and I ever decide to read it. It's one of those things. Like I, I probably will eventually when it's cheaper. Like I wasn't a big fan of Marauders, but I bought both of these when they were on sale. I think they're like five bucks a piece. Um, I I would buy volume two of Marauders and this if they were on like a deep discount again, just for like porch reading, you know, like day off, yeah, like once I, I, There are things I want to know more about. I want to know more about Captain Britain and the Queen. I want to know about Rachel the Firefox. You know, I there are interesting things in here that I would like to see. Okay, Chris, your final thoughts. Uh, I enjoyed it. Like I said, I thought it was like a fun, different take on the X-Men, especially when everything else seems to be super serious coming out of House of X and Power of X. Of X. Um, I like that they do try to do some different stuff with something like this. And aforementioned Marauders, where it's like, yeah, you know what, we're going to have our magic-based Knights of the Round Table X-Men, and we're going to have our crazy pirates liberating mutants trying to get through the uh, Krakoa Gates. Like, I like that they have the venues that they can do stuff like this, and it still fits into that larger canon. I do. I, I, I forgot. I wanted to say this. I think if I read this before I read that X Men manga days, Demon Days, the manga inspired mm-hmm. X Men, I might have liked this more because I kept on thinking, "Oh, they are telling Excalibur as if it was X Men." Man, that manga book was good. Where they were telling the manga stories with X Men characters, but they didn't try to force the X Men characters to be X Men characters. So I was like, "Oh man, it would kind of be fun to see all X- all of, like King Arthurian legend story with you know X Men kind of vine- veneer, like you know." I mean, it's, I'm like, it's, oh, who would they get to be Morgan Le Fay? Oh, it would be uh, that weird clone sister of you know. Uh, of, uh, the Goblin Queen. Uh, what's her name? Madeline Pryor? Yeah, Madeline Pryor. That would be more good. Yeah. You know, so I, so I was kind that's, of doing that in my That's head. Probably, probably been done. Maybe, maybe in an Excalibur book. But if you read Excalibur, if you have any thoughts on it, let us know. Email us over at bangboardcast at gmail.com or comment on any of the posts for this very episode. I'd love to see it. <laughs> 